lounge, watched the flags snap taut in the breeze, and grinned hungrily. They'd been shadowing the merchantman for three days, ever since they sighted her off Madagascar. She'd sailed late in the season, missing the convoys that most ships used as protection against the pirates who infested the Indian Ocean. The breeze had backed in the night, and he'd crowded on more sail, betting that his ship could sail closer to the wind than the fat merchantman. The wager had paid off. They were now only a league or so back and closing fast. He looked down the length of his ship. She had started life as a Bristol slaver, plying the route from East Africa to the colonies in America and the Caribbean. Lagrange had been first mate, until one day the master discovered him stealing and had him flogged. Next night, with the blood still soaking through his bandages, he led a gang from the forecastle and hanged the captain from his own yardarm. Then they'd sailed the ship to a deserted cove, where they'd cut down her forecastle and quarter-deck, stripped out all her partitions and bulkheads, and pierced a dozen new gun-ports on either side. They'd sold the healthy slaves for a profit, saving a few of the prettiest for their own amusement. The unhealthy ones had gone over the side, weighted with a length of chain, together with the ship's officers and all the crew who refused to join them. Now she was a man of war in all but name, a hunter that could prey on anything except the largest Indiamen. Run out the bow, chasers, he ordered. See if she goes faster with a slap on the arse. If she crowds on any more sails, she lose her topmasts, said the mate beside him. Lagrange smiled. Exactly. His men started loading the bow-chasers. Long thirty-two-pounders mounted either side of the ship's prow. The gunner fetched an iron brazier from below and lit the coals to heat shot. They wanted the prize and her cargo intact. But if she threatened to outrun them, Lagrange would rather see her burn to the waterline than escape. What about that one, Captain? asked the mate. Far off, on the starboard quarter, another sail danced against the horizon. Lagrange found her with his spyglass, and she leapt into focus. She was a sloop, a lean, flush-decked vessel flying along under topsails and jibs. He could see her crew gathered at the rail, watching and pointing. One man was holding a telescope trained on the fighting cock, probably shitting his breeches, thought Lagrange, and thanking God the pirate had a richer prize to prey on. For the moment, at least. He chuckled and lowered the telescope. We'll finish our business with the Indiaman first. Then we'll catch up with that sloop and see what trade she has on board for us. But she won't trouble us for now. Tom Courtney lowered his telescope. The pirate ship, with her black and red flags billowing from her mastheads, receded to a diminutive shape on the horizon. The merchantman is piling on more sail, he observed. She might outrun them yet. Light flashed from the pirate's bow. A second later they heard the dull clap of cannon fire roll across the water. Still out of range, said the man standing beside Tom, as a plume of water rose a few cables back from the merchantman's stern. He was taller than Tom, his shoulders bunched with muscle as he moved. A pattern of scars covered his black face, with raised whirls and ridges, 
the ritual marks of the African tribe into which he had been born. He had known Tom since he was a small boy, and his father, Hal, before that. Yet his ebony skin betrayed not a wrinkle, and not a single grey hair showed on his shaved cranium. Not for long, Aboli. She has at least a couple of knots on that fat sow. The merchant man would have been wiser to surrender. We know what pirates do to those who resist them. Tom glanced behind him. Two women sat under the awning on the foredeck, making no attempt to hide the fact they were listening to every word the men said. I suppose we ought to leave the merchant to her fate, he said, dubiously. Aboli knew what he was thinking. Forty guns to our twelve, he warned, and at least twice as many more men. It would be foolhardy to get involved. One of the women on the